If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey, here was Izzy. Yeah, we cutting it up. Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Fizzy Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the Mickey Zizzy Podcast is on episode 16. It is legally ready to drive. <laughs> and I am in the passenger to my main man, Mickey Hines. What's going on, my co-host? What's going on? And we have a lot to talk about. And we're covering basketball. I believe only basketball today. But we're happy to be back to our debate. Uh, it was great last week having Mark Mason on. Awesome interview. But we're looking to get into it. And uh, I know that we got some hot takes coming. So I- I'm prepared. I'm sure you are too. T- tell me what's going on. Tell me what's good behind. Mr. Zizzy, I am fired up, baby. <laughs> First off, shout out to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coach Showerhandle just won his third national championship That's on three. NCAA 14. Is that, that is his third, third one. And I'm calling it right now, Dame, Damian Lillard, Dame Dalla is a bad man. Blazers in six, Blazers in six, Blazers in six. I've been saying it. I am amped up. They've given me hope that this has happened. Don't disappoint us. Like, oh, I am beyond excited. You were even too scared sleeping yesterday to even talk about Dame Dalla. I am beyond excited for this episode. Oh, all right, man. Well, let's get to it. Do you want to start with it? Do you want to start right there? Oh, I would love to start with Damian Lillard. First off, like I said, he is a bad man. He said, put some respect on my name. He also said some other colorful words, but we're not going to get into that. He's so (laughs) amazing. He's playing with 2K numbers. The night we had the podcast with Mark was... First of all, thank you all the fans real quick. Uh, that's been our highest episode, most viewed. So we want to give a shout out to Mark. That's been Woo! awesome. Most listened so far on the podcast. All and right. Moving forward. Uh, back onto that night. Damian Lillard dropped 61 points, nine assists, and five and uh, eight rebounds. He's the only player with three 60-point games in a season since the record breaker himself, Wilt Chamberlain. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I think – he also had back-to-back 50-point uh, games. He's an eight seed, but this is the scariest eight scene I've ever seen or been, you know, hyped up to see. Okay. And I okay. think this is all happening because Skip Bayless, one of the people who I love to watch and one of my favorite kind of sports analysts, oh, was talking trash on Damian Lillard, and this sparked a fire that is scary for the entire NBA. You know – I mean, you can't say anything negative about Dame Lillard. Damian Lillard, Dame Dollar. He is the best player in the National Basketball Association right now. Right now. In the bubble, he's, he was the bubble MVP. He's dropping 50-plus point games back-to-back. He's backpacking this team. Even with them being healthy, they wouldn't be able to do have made it into the playoffs one and then continue to do what they did last night at all without him. I mean, even last night, like, don't get me wrong, it, it, it is an upset. They're up 1-0 in a series against the number one seed, and they are a very scary eight seed. Probably, like you said, the most scary eight seed we've ever seen. But, like, this man was pulling up from half court, and it was <laughs> – I like, it was – it's undefendable. I've never seen somebody be this hot for this continuous. And, I mean, and it all started – why Paul George and P-Bev have to say something? What, what, like, what? <laughs> What are they out here doing? Like, they already knew. I mean, Paul George was out here apologizing publicly later because he knew what he started. He knew it was coming. He doesn't want to get waved off again. Like, 
I, I mean, Damian Lillard's on a mission. Um, the only thing is this this hot take of yours, this Blazers and six, Blazers and six. Blazers and six! No, no, no. I know that we're a game in, so like, okay, you got some thunder right now, okay. But the man still has to do it every night. I said before it's all going to be on Dame Lillard because we know what LeBron's going to bring. I mean, nope. I mean, the man still broke history last night. So, nah. I mean, let's – hey, not on him. We got to figure out – they the whole team's got to shoot. You can't shoot five from 32 from three and expect to win in this day's NBA. And you can't be eight for 24 if you're Anthony Davis in these playoffs. Like, you got to produce. So, we – we we got some we got some more things to see. I'm interested to see what happens. But if Dame Lillard continues to shoot lights out from that deep, I mean I mean Mickey, he is two steps and pulling up inside the half court line. It's it's honestly one of the hottest streaks I've ever seen, and it's gonna it's scary. It's definitely the Lakers are in trouble and they got to put it together. And we're gonna see what happens coming game two. But um, I still got the Lakers in the series. I'm not I'm still not worried. It's one game, but I don't know. You, I don't. I don't know if you want to go down too well against this team right now. I just. I just don't know. No, you definitely don't, Zizzy. Here's the thing: this team is the hottest team besides maybe the Phoenix Suns, which we will talk about later because I want to touch on them just a little bit. Okay. But this team is just so good, and you are a man of the moments. You're a moments guy. Great as yes. the storyline. Yes. And who can stop him? You're totally right. He's making <laughs> Steph Curry look like old news. He is the new Steph. He's it's... pulling off of screen and just pulling up these wild shots. It's very – it looks kind of like uncoordinated. His body's all discombobulated. The ball goes in. Like, as an announcer, you're just like, what do I say? This man's playing with the game sliders all the way up. But this is what the fans need playing for the moment. And what better moment than being the eight seed upsetting LeBron's year, et cetera, on the way back. Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah, they've got – go ahead, go ahead. No, yeah, and just adding on to that, they do have the bubble MVP. He is still riding that hot hand, and he has no signs of slowing down. Yeah, he had like 32 last night. He also did have a lot of help. 34, yeah, 34, 34. six threes. Yeah. Oh, yeah, none of them were, came easy because I've seen Caruso. His, he's four or five feet uh, above the three-point line, so he can't shoot the ball. Like, they're trying to not let him do this, and he shoots it anyway, but it goes in, so you really can't complain. Yeah, and I mean, don't get me wrong. At one point, like like you said, I wasn't even up to see it, but I'm watching the highlights. I'm going through the stats, watching the stat track, and at one point, Lakers honestly looked like they kind of had it. Like I don't, the last seven minutes of that game, I mean, it was just completely controlled by the Blazers themselves. I think they were on like a 17 to six run. The Lakers couldn't hit a shot to save their life. They got to figure out. That, I mean, like keep letting it fly, let it go. But like I don't know, something they got to start hitting. Otherwise, it's going to be a hard. They're going to have a tough time with any team, let alone the eight seed. So um, they they have stuff to figure out. But that is the thing. I didn't think that they played awful. I didn't think that they played bad defense on really anybody. Dame Lillard was honestly quite contained, other than the closing minutes of that game. From that last like six to seven minute stretch, he just went off. It was hot fish grease. I mean, this man was throwing up everything and it was going in. So um, I was really surprised, though, by the Blazers' defense. I, I mean, since when do they keep a team under 100 points? They have, so, they've been averaging 120. That's all what I'm saying. So 
that that worries me. I mean, AD get like uh, some other people like get more points in the paint. Hassan Whiteside and Nurkic stepped up big down in the paint in defense. Um, I don't know. Like it, it definitely didn't look great and it didn't end great for the Lakers, but I think they're going to bounce back. I think they're going to be fine. I mean, they have two of the best players, two of the top five players in the NBA. Um, I don't think they're going to go quietly. So, but um, I don't know. It could be a set. It could be a six, seven game series, but I, we'll see. It's going, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. I just got a little bit more to touch on that. Like you said, I'm laughing watching Damian Lillard take these shots, how he gets to the basket, his dribble moves, him shooting. I'm just laughing because it's going in. I'm just like, how yeah, do you stop I mean, that I as mean, a coach or as a player? If we had done this, like imagine if we had been just running around the gym and you're and one of our friends or one of us is walking around hitting shots like that. Like you're just laughing because you can't believe it. Like it, it's actually – I. Uh, it is the Steph Curry type scenario that we were talking about in his MVP season. It's like he's throwing up everything that's going in and nobody understands. But I mean, he's done it now, what, four, five games in a row? So <laughs> when, I mean, it'd be one thing if he was just a game or two, but it's consistent at this point. Like if he sustains this, it's going to be a very, very interesting series. I mean, it already is. It might be the most interesting series out of all eight of them. Moving forward with this Trailblazers series, I we already know that Dame is just playing out of his mind, and he is probably one of the only people who can keep that streak going. I mean, we've seen T.J. Warren score a lot. I think we've seen Levert score a ton, but they can't keep that consistent like Damian Lillard. But look at the team around him, too. Like you said, Nurkic, you called it on a free which podcast it was. I want to give you definitely a episode huge seven, point. baby. A huge W because you said when he comes back, the Blazers could be something, and you are completely all right, um, correct, and I'm going to hop on that train with you. Nurkic is a bad man. Granted, rest in peace to his grandmother who uh, died due to COVID, but, like, mm-hmm. the man is balling. He played great defense. When he gets tired, Whiteside comes in, and he's leading the league in blocks per game. Mm-hmm. So when you get those guys inside, Anthony Davis doesn't have a break or have some guy to bully down in the paint. He has two guys constantly going to be at him, going at him. And Nurkic was hitting threes. He was making post moves. He was directing the whole offense. I'm like, this man is controlling half of the game than Dame is. Oh, and then on the other side, you have C.J. McCollum, who did pretty good last game, and Carmelo Anthony, my guy, Melo, three to the dome, playing very well here in the uh, bubble. And you have those five guys, six guys. That's what you want as an NBA program. Yeah. And I'll say like, yes, for the most part, especially since the beginning of the of the bubble in general, like everybody has stepped up on this team. And like I said, Nurkic coming back was going to be a very big addition, especially because nobody thought he was going to be 100 percent healthy. I said this man was going to come back and play at his normal numbers. And he has done just that. His presence on defense, along with Whiteside, was something to behold in game one. Can they can it be consistent against A.D. and LeBron and the and, them charging down the lane we'll yet to see but that's the thing the last couple games like uh the playing game against memphis and the game last night like other than D- damian lillard i don't think that it's the trailblazers have been overwhelming don't get me wrong carmelo hit a very timely three at the end of the game uh last night but i mean Melo was still only three of 11 Nurkish was only four of 11. Like CJ was under 50%. So they, they, nobody was overpowering them other than Damian Lillard. So that's the, it's, 
this series is going to depend on can Damian Lillard literally play as the best player in the league the entire series. If he can do that, there's no reason for anybody to count the Trailblazers out. If he can't, I think you have to ride with the experience of LeBron James and the number one seed. My last closing remarks on this topic. I'm absolutely loving this topic. It gets me fired up when I wake up in the morning and I just see that this actually happened. Is You are correct. Damian Lillard has to sometimes put up 60 points for that team to win a game. But he is that person to be able to do that. And like I said, Blazers and six, nothing better. This is the bubble. Anything's possible. Dame is a powerhouse and even more elite than we thought possible. Dame makes the eighth seed to the finals, eighth seed champions, man of the moment. Who doesn't want this at this time with everything given? This is what sports are here. This is why sports are here, and we absolutely love it. Let's get Mellow a ring. Blazers and six. I'm I am electric. He ain't getting no ring. They ain't going that far. Come on now. <laughs> All right, moving forward, Yank, I do want to talk about that team that did not make the bubble because they were a good team. I mean, they went 8-0. They're the only undefeated team in the bubble since the comeback due to COVID. What do you think about the Suns? Um, I think exactly what Devin Booker said about the Suns, honestly. Like, that was my perspective. When we were coming into this bubble, I'm pretty sure that I just wrote the Suns out. I mean, I know <laughs> they had Devin Booker, but – Come on, like they didn't have enough of anything else. DeAndre Ayton, like, yeah, he's coming up. He's definitely showing himself. He's proving himself, but he wasn't any he wasn't anything that was going to be able to overpower teams or what. But they came in, they stayed focused, they had a mindset, they were determined. They've won a couple games and said, you know what, we have something to prove and we can prove something here. And Devin Booker, I mean, timely shot after timely shot, 35 point after 35 point game. I mean, I mean, it was between him or Damian Lillard, who was the bubble MVP by the end of it. But they go eight and oh, and they lose basically by the tiebreakers and everything else to not get a chance in the play in game. Um, they might have been behind by a half game or something like that. But the thing that the Suns got out of this is that the rest of the league feels like they actually might belong again. Because I don't know about you, when was the last time you talked about the Phoenix Suns and took them seriously? Steve I know Nash. I haven't taken them seriously for a long time. Maybe, yeah, exactly, Steve Nash. So um, the fact that they came in and they were able to do what they do, they do what they did. It pr- one proved that Devin Booker is a force to be reckoned with in this league. Um, we'll see if they are able to hang on to him if he wants to stay in Phoenix. Because I'm telling you, there's a lot of teams that would want that man in free agency, um, but. The one, he proved himself as an all-time player in the league right now. And then the Suns themselves are actual competitors. Like, they're a couple draft picks away, a trade away maybe, from being something like a solid playoff team, something kind of like the Oklahoma City Thunder are right now. So um, I think that it just proved that they can contend, that they aren't the low, like the bottom of the totem pole anymore, and that – everybody will actually give them some, uh, like, positive press. The Phoenix Suns are definitely one of the come-up teams, probably over the Pelicans at this point. I know they are, like, the future of the NBA. The Pelicans Ooh, are going to be good. Ooh, maybe. But I think, I think Phoenix Suns I are. I mean, if you look at what they were doing in the bubble, yes, Devin Booker was on an absolute tear, and he was definitely my second pick for an NBA bubble MVP. I just thought, you know, Damian Lillard, Solely got his team to the playoffs, and I get 8 0 is a very big deal. And just moving forward with that, is the Suns like they 
Maybe could have went instead of Memphis. I would have been fine with that. But I still think that Blazers have a better chance against, you know, that one seed. So I think they do deserve it over the Suns, which just stinks because Phoenix came to play. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it part, it's a part of this whole thing. Like, I don't know. Like, some teams have come into this bubble hot and ready, and other teams, like, are, are lacking. So it's been a very interesting uh, – level of play across the board to see who's been I mean the two number one seeds look like the worst teams in the NBA possibly right now in a way like it's 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 interesting but um I expect those teams to turn around and I expect things to I don't know even out in some way but we still got one hot team from the bubble going going in the Blazers and then we were able to see the Suns and some other teams make some noise that you wouldn't expect to I mean look at the magic so stuff is going on in the bubble I have to totally agree. I mean, obviously, because it's plain as day. But, yeah, I – if you were a bet man told me the Bucks were going to lose game one, like, I just didn't couldn't see it. I wasn't going to say they were going to kill him, but I didn't think this Magic team was going to win. So, I got excited. You know, another eight-seed underdog person. I really enjoy that. But this is crazy. I mean, this is what bubble basketball is. Anything is possible inside of this bubble. But, yeah, I know, like we said, Magic and Bucks. I just really don't have much to talk about. I mean, Giannis had, I think, 31 and 17, and he still lost. I'm like, that's a pretty great game, and you lose. Uh, Chris Middleton was pretty locked up the entire game. Nothing too crazy from him. And, yeah, they just kind of took advantage. And Bouchashek, hopefully I said his name right, really went off at center. I think he also had a double-double. He had 35 points, and he was just like, hey, we're, don't forget us either. I got a lot to say. Okay, Bucks. And I'm going to start off with this. Hot take. They aren't making the finals anymore. I I, I told you that. I know that. And you know what? And I I hate to do it, especially after, like, I would have made this announcement before more games were played, but... The, the the Milwaukee Bucks just don't look like the same team. I don't know what it is, but I also was the first person to say I didn't like the hype of them from the years before because they still hadn't proven anything yet. And in the playoffs, they seem to struggle. Chris Middleton, like you said, where is he at? Because he disappears in the playoffs. Look at previous years. He did it last year. I hope he doesn't do it again. We're only one game in. It could be too early to tell, but like they don't look like the number one seed. And it's one thing because everyone's talking about the Blazers-Lakers matchup because we know that's not really a one seed versus an eight seed type type matchup. We know that. But when you're looking at the Bucks versus the Magic, I understand that the Magic may be the only team with hometown advantage, home court advantage right now. But like, I they they looked. Bad. The magic controlled the entire game from start to finish. So it worries me on that. And the fact that they're just unproven around Giannis. And if the magic provide the rest of the league, especially everybody in the East with some kind of diagram or formula to slow them down and slow down Giannis or minimize everyone else to where all you have to focus on is Giannis. And then it's not as difficult to deal with them. Then I, it's going to be a bad time for them going through the East, let alone to win the finals or make it there and be there. So um, I'm, I'm was, I've started worrying about them, obviously, when we got back to the bubble. And then now I, I got to jump off the, tr- uh, the bandwagon. Um, 
and I'm going to go right back to my original team. The Miami Heat are coming, baby. Let's go. We're going to the finals. That's my new pick, and that's who I'm going to stick with through the rest of the playoffs. And it's going to be uh, – I'm excited to talk about them as well. Yeah, so I'm not even going to get into that pick. I think that was a <laughs> blasphemous uh, take. But to touch on that real quick, my thoughts on it is the Orlando Magic just played team basketball. They just played winning basketball, and it wasn't – they didn't need no Dame. They didn't have to have LeBron take over, et cetera. They just played really good team basketball. And like you said, the Bucks are who? It's, it's yoked Giannis. The picture of him lifting all the way, so he looks super yoked. That's their regular season. And then him when he was like his first year in the NBA, super scrawny looking like Kevin Durant, that's their playoff team. So I'm just trying to see if this Bucks team will come alive. And I, I, I called it. I said I'm not sold on them yet. Maybe one more big player for them can really set them to go to the next level in the playoffs. And I'm still sticking with my word that the Bucks aren't going to make it. My Celtics are definitely looking a lot better um, tonight than they did. Shout uh, them out. One. Hey, 2-0. 2-0. Oh, I, yeah. My Celtics are 2-0. This, is, this is, should be not even – this is a no-brainer. They really uh, struggled game one, and I was worried. I was sweating a little bit. But then tonight they won by like 23, 24. Taco Fall finally got some playing time. Jason Tatum was having a good game. They're just, you know, beating a team they should and not playing down to their level, which I enjoyed as well. Yeah, and I mean, I was saying it before. Jason Tatum is a budding superstar, and he's proven that um, after that horrendous first game back, shaking oh. off all the rust and that game one of the bubble, he has been lights out showing us exactly why we were talking about him as a budding superstar. He's been great. I want to say, what did he have tonight? I want to say the 30 plus tonight. Did he make, I think it was eight threes actually that he hit tonight. So the man was absolutely on fire, hot fish grease, as my man would say on TNT, but um yeah the Celtics do look good I will give you that I honestly I mean if it continues to play out the way that it does I would have to check how the seedings are set up with uh who would match up in the second round and everything like that um for potential matchups but I don't know the Celtics the Heat potential Eastern Conference Finals I don't know Bucks got to get it together man it's gonna be interesting Um, oh I I totally love that. I think you and me would love that, and you being the Heat fan, me being the Celtics fan. And uh, Celtics have just looked eh, but lately in the past three games, I think you want a 3-0 win streak to go into the playoffs. Um, is great, but Hayward did get hurt uh, during game one. He's out for, I think, a week or two, so that kind of – and I'm kind of scared. But, but that's okay. That's okay, at least it's, for it's right a, now. It's a beat-up Sixers guys, team. Yeah, it's, you're playing a beat-up Sixers team. Now you're up 2-0. Even if you lose the next game, you're still in – complete control of the series. And then that's just given him more time to heal up. Um, I don't think they're in any danger of really losing this series with or without him. So it gives him the time that he needs to heal. He'll be back sometime in the second round. um, And hopefully he'll be a spark that they need when he gets back there. That would definitely be good for um, good for the seas. But I don't think they're in big danger of losing anything because of him at this point yeah and i'm just going to give the example to tonight that we do not need him right now with this beat up sixers team when you have jason tam scoring his playoff career high 33 five and five shooting 60 percent i'm going to take that every day he's also helping out his co-stars where jalen brown who's been playing absolute phenomenal he's given jason tatum a run for his money for being the best player on that team sometimes in my eyes he had 20 points tonight and then kemba had 22 he finally shot somewhat better than he normally does in the bubble. And then the big thing that I want to point out is our big men are getting boards and just doing their job. 
Um, Williams had nine and six, and then Ennis Cantor had ten and nine. This is the stuff that we need out of these players, out of these you know people coming off of the bench. So they need to just get boards, put backs, shoot high percentage, and kick it out to the guys who can score. And if they can yeah. do that, they can be scary and they get to this conference finals finals like I've been talking about. Yeah, and I mean, like we said, it is a very beat up Sixers team. This is not the Sixers team that anybody expected to see when we're coming into playoffs without Ben Simmons. It would probably be a much better matchup. I mean, they were they were four bounces away from the finals. So or so it, it you never know. It could have been crazy or the Eastern Conference Finals, I want to say last year. So Joel Embiid, I mean, the man still dropped 34 points tonight, and they got blown out by 27. So, right, just, that's just like, what can you, what else can we you really say? I feel for him, but it's just not, it's not looking like it's going to be their year. Um, and the C, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on everything that you're saying with the C's right now. I really can't say anything bad about him, and I know that makes you feel good over there being a self. <laughs> I can't hate on them, and I, I'm with you. I really do hope we get to see a future Heat-Celtics uh, matchup. I believe that would be in the ECF, um, but that would that would be remarkable. And speaking of my Heat, um, I know I'm talking premature. I ain't jinxing them before the game two or nothing, but they look good on Tuesday night. They take taking on a hot and a, a hot and solid defensive team in the Pacers and uh, going winning winning by double digits. So. Uh, there, everyone. I just want to let everyone know that the Heat you saw in the bubble seeding games, like let's let's not think that was the full Heat team. Goron and Jimmy didn't even play two to three games. All right, so now we're gonna get out here, and you're gonna still what? What did the Pacers do? What did Jimmy tell them not to do? He told them not to put T.J. Warren on him. He told them back in January, you you should never ever let that man guard. And and he he put he put him in the cycle. He put that whole team in the cycle last night. He hit two clutch threes at the end. Uh, everybody was looking solid. Duncan Robinson, America runs on Duncan. I'm selling T-shirts. Um, that that is my man. That man shoots from the parking lot. He's killing it. He's got no. He's four. not. What do you mean? He has the best three point percentage out of anybody that has shot a minimum of 500 threes in a season. Look it up. Look it up. Better than Steph. Inconsistent. Oh, my goodness. He hasn't even been a full-time starter until recently. Y'all are sleeping. This is going to be the next man, I'm telling you guys. Next man up. He's going to get a big contract in Miami. But uh, Bam's going to be solid down low. We expect that from him. You got to be if you're going to be an all-star. But, uh, yeah, I like how they look, and I know it's a solid Pacers team. I honestly think it will be a little bit of a series. They might lose a couple games here and there. But I expect them to get through this first round and to be a force to be reckoned with in the East. So I'm going to contradict all your points besides this one. The They didn't play a lot of their guys towards, like, the last two games in the bubble, which, yeah, of course, they're not going to win and whatnot. And I totally agree. Like, yeah, they're not fully strong. Like, makes sense. But now that they are, first off, you're – I am never going to be sold on this kid until I actually see it. Duncan Robinson. In 24 minutes, he had six points. It's more than five percent. No, it, what? Three rebounds, two, and assist and a steal. What? You want me to give him a while I'm at it? Oh, you don't bring that up. You talk about how good of a shooter he is. That's the first. He time is okay. So he goes two for eight for them. Do you watch every other game? Oh, he's inconsistent. Six the points, three had, points. I brought that up two episodes ago. Two episodes ago. Do not let me go get out my notes about him. All right. What? 
Hey, hey, he had one game in the bubble under 20 points. I'm just saying. Two, three. I'm pretty sure he's at three or four. No. I'm going to stack. I, I think that. it might have been two. It might have been two, but I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah, this is his third one. That That's being it. last night. But, but still. Jimmy Butler, you are correct, turned into a kind of a bad man. He also, you know, had 28 points, you know, four steals, two blocks. He really wants to beat this Pacers team because of TJ Warren. And they have a little bit of a rivalry right now, which is fun to see. The person who you should be hyping up and I'm really liking is Bam. Bam hey, hey, is, he's the man too. He's kind of like a mini Jokic in my eyes. He's always close to he uh runs the offense sometimes. He gets, you know, 20 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He can kind of be that triple double guy. And I really like him. I would love to have him as a center on, you know, my team. But, you know, you have to – I'm going with Bam. If you want to hype up anybody, you got to go him. And Dragic also had 24-6-5 and five for you. Shot 56%. Like, well, hey, and that's he what was, I'm he saying. He was balling. I've never yeah. – I haven't been a fan, but I haven't hated on him. I just know he's a good NBA player. So. I mean, he was in the – He. I want to say he ranked third for sixth man of the year this year. If I had been fourth. But he was, in, he was in the running. He was amazing for us all year. He's always been a consistent player. He's a playmaker. And that was one of the reasons why I brought up him not playing. Him and Jimmy handling the ball is a big difference for this Miami Heat team. Um, and you're absolutely right. And for once, like, Mickey, I'm so proud of you. You compared him to Joe Kidd. Like, I'll take that, man. Like, he no, is an, I, athletic, I he is an yeah. athletic big man that has a solid basketball IQ, and he's proven it this year. He's proving why he's an all-star. So, yes, absolutely hype up, Bam. Yeah, the only thing, I mean, he is only 6'9". I mean, that's nothing, like, too, like, crazy. But yeah, it is something I, would, I, I have to say a negative. But, and also for that Pacers team, uh, Victor Oladipo, I, he actually went out. Yeah, he went out early. He only played eight minutes. But yeah, Miles Turner hurt. struggled. TJ Warren, I mean, he had 22 and eight. Like, that's good. But everyone I mean, yeah, else. TJ is... Warren up there in that bubble MVP talk. So, I mean, you expect him oh, to yeah. come out and shoot and score. And, I mean, he definitely did. He was uh, pretty quick out the gates. I want to say, like, he had seven quick points early. But, um, yeah, no, he he just wasn't as aggressive in the second half, and then uh, they slowed him down. I mean, 22 points is a lot better than the 50-plus that we were seeing him drop on some other teams in the bubble. <laughs> yeah, so I definitely think uh, Miami's going to take this series. If I would put you know money on it, they would be my team in this series. But uh, that's all I really got to say about that Miami Heat. I have to you know typically agree with you with just this playoff, okay. this game series. Okay. All right. Another team I do want to talk about with you, Mr. Zizzy, is the Denver Nuggets. Now, the Denver Nuggets in Utah is actually going to be a great series because uh, 57 points by Donovan Mitchell, third most in playoff history for the Utah Jazz. Uh, Hurts, that's a loss. Hurts. uh, It's a loss, exactly. He's getting Michael Jordan numbers up there for playoff points. Also a loss. Exactly, you're right. It's crazy. So that Jazz team has got to do something to back up Donovan Mitchell. Rudy Gobert's got to be a bigger presence on that team. Mm-hmm. Along with that, they just got to play better together and not, you know, play to their game, I guess you can kind of say. That's what sucks to say. I mean, they did win today, though. I'm yep. checking it right now. Um, I was over at work checking that. But I think Rudy Gobert's got to be a bigger impact. And Donovan Mitchell also had 30 tonight. Gee, money mm-hmm. Christmas. But, you know, 19-7, that's where he should be at. And his supporting cast, like Jordan Clarkson, who's low-key been coming alive. He's been out a few good games. He also had 26. 
The Jazz need that to beat this Denver team, which I'm going to go with Denver. I want to talk about that Denver team real quick. Jokic balling out to 29 and 10 guy. And then Jamal Murray going 36, 5 and 9. Um, Jamal Murray trying to play like an all star here. You got to like that. And they're just the better team. They're going to play like the better team. I know that the Utah Jazz does not have Mike Conley. He's getting a new kid. So congratulations to Mike Conley. But they got to. They're the better team. They just got to play like it. I think tonight they didn't really play like it. And, I mean, I'm just looking at the box score here. And, of course, Yoki's doing his thing, 28-11-6, kind of similar numbers, like I said, to Bam. And Michael Porter Jr., talk about most improved. That kid finally is coming alive. But then I talked about Jamal Murray. He only had 14 tonight. So, I mean, you have to play like the Denver Nuggets team, who is, you know, the higher seed than Utah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, like you said, so I, I also think this is going to be a really interesting series and a great series, a hard-fought one. Um, 57 points in a losing effort in a playoff game. Like, that, that – I mean, you saw – I don't know about you. I was watching at the end. Uh, I saw his teammates coming up and, like, putting their arms around him, like, hey, man, I'm sorry. Like, first off, if I was Donovan, get off me. I just tried <laughs> to backpack you to this W, and it didn't happen. But, um, no, I, I mean, it's a, it's 1-1 after tonight. The Utah Jazz did come back. But I disagree. Gobert still has to do more. I know that you, you said, like, 19 points. I, this man's – came in with he only played six games in the bubble and he had 66 rebounds like you're averaging 11 rebounds a game this man needs to be in double figures out rebounding Jokic and Jokic has been all over him down low I mean tonight even Jokic I think had 28 and 11 and out rebounded him again so um, out rebounded and outscored him so I know Jokic is supposed to be better than Gobert I'm not saying he's not but Gobert for this Jazz team to consistently cause Denver problems Needs to have a bigger presence on the board, I think. Just needs to outboard Jokic. And he, I thought he would coming in this series. We'll see if he does. Um, but if Donovan Mitchell continues to score, like you said, you said he had 30 tonight. And it looks like he made six more threes. So, yeesh. Like, uh, if he continues to score like that, they'll be dangerous. If Jordan Clarkson comes off and scores 26 off the bench, like – I, I don't know. Like they, they can compete with anybody. I I'd still have Denver win in this series because I did fear the loss of Mike Conley really affecting Utah. But I mean, it's hard to really have anything affect you with Donovan Mitchell going off like that, Spider Man. So, um, but yes, let's talk about the Nuggets as well. Uh, like Jokic doing his thing. Jamal Murray was ice cold at the end of Game One, thirty six points, but didn't follow it up great tonight. Only had fourteen. Um, so Michael Porter Jr. tried to fill the role, but they didn't get the job done. Like we said, we, it's going to be a hard-fought series. I think that both sides have playmakers, but um, still got Denver trying to edge this one out. Um, but uh, it's going to uh, probably one of the better ones to watch. Yes, this is definitely a series. We're like, wow, this is a tough series. It's not just an easy W. And I think that's because the rising star, Michael Porter Jr., is going to be good, and now we're seeing, like, oh, like, this kid act is actually going to be good. Like, all the stuff we've been hearing is correct. And I know there's a lot of question marks around that kid, but, but when you're this Denver team, team it's going to be, be tough, tough when Spida, like you said, is scoring, like, Dame numbers, like T.J. Warren number. you know? It's crazy to see. And, the, like you said, that has to happen for this Utah team to even – attempt to beat Denver, but it is one-to-one, so it's definitely anybody's series. 
Yeah. Third most third most uh playoff, playoff points, game. Yeah. yeah, game points in a playoff game. And I wanna say, was that his playoff debut? No, they went last year. No, they were no no, they were in there last year, duh. Okay. Yeah. So no, it was Luca that set the record on that. So Yep, of course. Speaking yeah. of Luca, I kind of want to switch turns if you have nothing else to talk about. The, the yeah, no, we're good. Yeah, I think it's just going to be another one that's going to be interesting to watch play out. Yeah, so I do want to talk about that Mavericks Clippers series because right now, I mean, they're up by seven right now at the end of the quarter, pretty much. And this team is not going to go down without a fight. That Mavericks team, if Porzingis does not get ejected, I think the Clippers lose. And Clippers are my team in the West to go to the finals. And, I mean, Kawhi and Paul George played pretty good. But, I mean, Luka and Porzingis are just in that same tier. I mean, they're definitely elite players and can lead a uh, team. You know what I'm saying? So, I'm very interested to see where the series go. What are your takes on it? Uh, I have two points from the game. One is if Luka has less turnovers, you can't, you cannot have 11 turnovers as a main ball <laughs> You just can't. I know it's the first playoff game, and I know that all of his not other numbers basically offset how poor that is, but you cannot almost break the NBA record for turnovers in a playoff game. That's going to kill the He offense. would have had a quadruple-double almost. Yeah, three more rebounds and an assist, quadruple-double. You can't do that. And then, God, that ejection. It's so, so soft, man. I, I, I hated it. I hated the call. Honestly, the first technical was on another terrible call in the game. The second one, honestly, is the one that I would probably – it would probably get attributed to him in any circumstance. But uh, Porzingis needs to be smarter not to get involved. But I don't know. If Porzingis doesn't get ejected and Luka has less turnovers, there's no doubt in my mind that the Mavericks win game one. Now, I personally think that because all that happened – it's, it's going to be the downfall of the whole series for them. Like, because the Clippers aren't going to give away many games, just in general. Um, I don't believe that they will. I don't think that they're – while I said that I fear – my biggest fear for the Clippers, honestly, is the fact that they don't get as hyped to play anyone other than the Lakers. So, um, if they are caught sleeping by somebody, yeah, it could be cause a problem. But I don't think anyone's really going to catch them sleeping that hard. Um, it's game one, I think, yeah, could have could have went to the Mavs, but it didn't. Um, interesting to see what happens tonight for the primetime game tonight. But Luca, I mean, the youngest player in NBA history to drop that many points uh, in his rookie debut. At, like, I mean, what was it, 47? So, 42. Yeah, yeah 42. 42. Yeah, 42. 42, 7, and 9, which is yeah. amazing. I mean, absolutely incredible for how young this kid is. He's a generational talent. He's going to be. Um, Porzingis is a big, big factor. I don't know if the Clippers really have anyone that can match up with him down low, but him getting ejected really killed them in game one. Um, the Clippers are going to be the Clippers. They're going to be solid. Uh, Kawhi is going to do his thing. He's the defending NBA Finals MVP and defending NBA champion. And Paul George is still hungry. He ain't won nothing yet. He ain't proved yet anything. So I still think the Clippers are going to get this series. And I think just that everything that happened at the end of game one that cost the Mavericks, I honestly think might be the deciding factor. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, you go back to like the 2015 series, whatever it was, when Draymond got suspended for that next game. It was kind of just like, oh, it's all over. All the momentum was gone. And I have to agree with you. That is definitely it for the 
Mavericks here. It just sucks when you score 42 or, you know, 50-some points and you lose a playoff game. But the Clippers didn't play bad. I mean, you had Marcus Morris, who senior, who actually balled out and went 19 points. Like, okay. Zubak, who I said, has to be huge, went 10-10. and 10. You've got to have him in double-digit rebounds. And Harold, which he played more of a defensive side, he finally came back to the bubble. And when your two All-Stars go 29 and 27, both for points, Paul George had 27, that's phenomenal. That's just great, and it's, you know, what you want out of your star players, getting close to that 30-point mark. And they're going to have to do that every night to win this series. I, the Mavericks are not going to roll over. I know that I said the momentum is kind of out of their hands, which I do agree. But I think you have to, you know. Oh, and by the way, Luca already has 10 tonight after the first quarter. So. I'm all right. I, Same I, with Lou Williams. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, that's my take on them. Not too much more. You pretty much hit the nail right on the head. Yeah, yeah. I'm good on that one as well. I think we got, what, two more two more series that we're going to talk about? Maybe one because one of them I'm not even sure if I – it's the one series that I don't consider a series, to be honest. Yeah, so we do have the Raptors and Nets. If that's a series, you're kind of yeah, like, yeah, that's, that's the one. Just, that's the that's the if one. If Katie and Kyrie level. here, we have another Mavericks Clippers. You know, I think the Raptors do get beat if Katie and Kyrie if, are playing. If Katie and Kyrie get, are playing, Katie and they're playing for the whole season, the Nets are going to be a one to a one or two seed in the East. So that that that's not a question about yeah. how competitive it would be. But they're not playing. And it's just, I mean, the Raptors win again. They go up 2-0. Honestly, I, I'm doing a, a little, fa- uh, like, a fan pick thing in the ESPN app, to be honest. Shout out ESPN. But I picked that there will be a first-round sweep, and I picked it solely because of this series. I think this is the one series that really isn't that competitive. The Raptors are the defending champs. They are gelling on another level. I mean, they've had this chemistry building now for years. They have championship pedigree. And you're going against a team that has players opted out. You don't even have DeAndre Jordan. He's not playing. You got KD out. You got Kyrie out. They, they're playing – like their best player is Chris LeVert. I mean, it's not that he's not a – I mean, he's an NBA player. He's a great player. But is like they're just not going to do – I don't see them doing any serious damage. They might sneak a game. I mean, they gave the Trailblazers a hard game at the end of the bubble. But um, I just – I don't see it. I think this is the one sweep that I feel I can count on. This is the one sweep I'm calling for the round. No, I totally agree. This Nets team is nothing to play. When you have Frank Van Fleet with those dad powers balling out and Pascal playing like, you know, championship power forward he was last year. He really no really chance. So and I good. hate to count them out, but I have to. I mean, going with the gut, going with my, you know, amateur advice here. Like, you have Fred to. Fred Van really has been that good ever since he had his kid last year. I'm telling yeah, you. Yes. <laughs> like, I don't know. And finally, our last series, like we said at the beginning of this episode, it's all NBA bubble, all NBA playoffs. Sorry, NHL. We're not too big as a fan as that. But <laughs> going might, get, on, might get an episode, though. Might get one. It might, if the Blackhawks do well. <laughs> going on with this the last series oklahoma city thunder versus the houston rockets which russell westbrook did not play in and i'm very interested to see see this because i'm still gonna go with the rockets because this is how they play and i think the game there's a lot of free throw shots in that game for you know both teams and it also helps when your star player james harden goes 37 and 11 that's phenomenal uh ben mclemore stepped up into this game as well 
Um, he's from Kansas back in the day. I remember watching him when he was in college. And I think this Rockets team is just the better team. They're going to play like it. OKC doesn't have that big, t- uh, big time player besides Chris Ball, except for he knows how to lead a team and knows how to lead teams to wins. I mean, when you have Gallinari scoring 29 and Steve Adams 17 and 12 as your supporting cast, that's good for Chris Paul, and that's what he needs. It just sucks because Chris Paul's never had that big superstar, and he still doesn't. So that's why the Rockets, I, I could see him winning five. Uh, I just don't think, especially if Brody, good old Russell Westbrook, comes back. I still see any kind of chance for him. And that's where I disagree. To be honest, I have the Thunder winning the series. That's like if I'm going to pick this, if I had to pick a team. I know that like it's really hard. Like to me, honestly, like I was hyping up. I'm the one hyping up the Rockets all the episodes before this. Like I think that their small ball is great for the bubble. I think that everything is fast paced. I think that they've been playing. They've been shooting the ball really well. I mean, Harden's been scoring as Harden does. Westbrook was Westbrook and him were scoring seventy points a game as a duo. But I was the Thunder are the sneaky team. I feel in this bubble, and, and they have been like they've been the sneaky team all year. The fact that they were in the middle of the playoff standings in the West, nobody really even noticed that until we were talking about who were the teams that were going to be playing in the playoffs in the bubble. So. They're that sneaky team that's gritty. They play tough. They have uh, players that are playing outside of their potential because of the leadership, like you said, of Chris Paul, who is an all-world talent. Um, I mean, he's lost a step, obviously, from his prime, but he's still great. He can shoot the ball great. He makes very great, um, very good, smart decisions on the basketball court. Um, But I think they're – I just think they're a very tough out, no matter really who they play. And the Russell Westbrook injury scared me. I mean, I personally tore a quad. I don't. I know that he didn't tear it, but those kind of injuries are the ones that linger, the ones that are in your legs, your hamstrings, your quads, stuff like that. Um, and on top of that, I kind of like. I don't know what it is. I felt like CP3 was kind of gonna ha- is kind of gonna have something extra for James Harden, just because he was in Houston. There was all that talk about. Harden pushing them out, even though that was never confirmed or if it was fake news, whatever it was. But, like, CP3 and Harden and the Rockets would have beat the Warriors if I st- I believe that one year if CP3 doesn't get injured. So, like, CP3's never really accomplished what he I feel like he should have or would have accomplished at certain times in his career. And I just feel like he was going to come in to this series with that extra grit, that drive, and really have something for these Rockets um, I felt like they needed to grab game one to really have that legitimate chance, but that was the pick that I had made and was going to make before um, when we were going to host this show a little bit earlier. But um, I, I have the Thunder going, but if Westbrook comes back, I don't know if my pick's even going to matter anymore because if they start dropping 70, 80 points a game, it's hard to keep up with that at any rate. You are incorrect. And I want to have <laughs> Margaret go get your head checked out because you've been saying, hyping up the Rockets, and I've been agreeing with you. They play good bubble ball, that fast-paced, great pickup game atmosphere kind of basketball. And who on this Thunder team, first of all, can guard James Harden, can guard Russell Westbrook. I'm not seeing CP3 locking down Russell Westbrook if he does come back. And I know you said if he comes back, it's a different story. Even if they don't come back, I don't think Dennis Schroeder – can be the guy to stop James Harden. James Harden is one of the most elite scorers in the league. 
And this Thunder team should be an eighth seed. I definitely think that the Trailblazers would beat them. I don't see another team be beating uh, – the Thunder in a series right now. They just don't have the guys, the superstars, the elite playoff players. I know CP3 is, but to help them carry. Steven Adams is a great center. He's one of my most favorite yeah. centers in the NBA. But they need more than that. No team's ever won with a really good center and a really good point guard since, I mean, I don't know, last time when. Maybe back when the Magic were good and when Dwight Howard was there and then Jimmy Nelson. But I just don't get how you can make that claim. Mr. Zizzy, that is more bold than me saying Blazers are six. And I wrote down Blazers are six. I said if the Blazers make it, they're going to upset it ever since they were in the playing game. So I just don't see where you're getting this information at. All right. Well, if I'm going first, point guard and center, you got to talk. Um, actually, I want to say Tim Tim Duncan might have been point power forward. Was he both? Yeah, he played a little bit of both because they had Matt Bonner in there for a while. Yeah, he played. Yeah, he played both, but still, I would have said uh, and Tiago Tony Parker. Yeah, Tony Parker and the the big three also with Kawhi. That was a scary team, but <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's not it's not just that. Like I can't, like I said, it's hard to really argue against the Rockets. I guess I was one of the people. I'm still am going to hype them up, even if I'm not picking them. Um, I understand how great that can be. I understand there's nobody that can guard James Harden. Have you seen how many step back threes he's hit this year? It's like beyond any but anything that anybody else has ever done. It's like 200 and what, like 70, 80 something step back threes just this season. Um, and it's a short, and it was a shortened season. So um, I, I, I'm with you. I see some of your points, but while the small ball thing is one of the things that I was preaching could be great in the bubble, it also also could be a weakness. And that's what I was saying. This team, it's and again, it's a team game. James Harden has come out in playoff games before and shot cold. He's gone 35 threes in a row without making one before in the playoffs. And then you've got Russell Westbrook, who is hurt. So I was thinking, okay, maybe advantage Thunder. And then the Thunder do have Steven Adams down low, who is a very good big man in this league and gets you and who averages a double-double, a high around 20-point double-double usually. And then you have Dennis Schroeder, who I get it, maybe not the best person to put all your faith in just yet. Starter, starter. But he's a solid starter. And he actually, by um, I'm going to, it's an, I'll shout out ESPN again, it's on a graphic, but, and I would have to check the source credibility, but, he actually has the most points this whole season, of uh, as a, from a mid-range jump shot area from the free from around that free throw area. Like he is a solid shooter, and he can come out and produce points every game. Um, and having a mid-range shot in this league is still, I think, the most lethal shot because it's one of the hardest things to guard. You never know if they're going to drive, pull up a three, and then if they're stopping in the middle, that's that gray area that doesn't get guarded as well. So I don't, I don't know. I thought CP3 could maybe gra- uh, rile them up. and I mean, he's been doing it all season. They're that sneaky, tough team. They're coached well by Billy Donovan. Um, I, I thought that this is the potential. I feel like there's always got to be an upset, right? And I'm not going to be picking against the Lakers, so – um, there's always got to be an upset, and I felt like this was this might have been it. This is the one, so that's why I'm gonna go. I was going with that. Well, my final point of this episode is you are blinded to say that the <laughs> only upset is going to be this team when they're already up 1 0. They're the hottest team right now, besides maybe the Suns, but they're not in the bubble, and they have a legitimate chance. Everyone's thinking it. I got to end this episode with 
Blazes in six. All right, all right, all right. I'll let you get that as your final, like, take. But, all right, it's not going to be your final take because we got one thing to do. I kind of want to get it on record. We're going to keep the stats for our first ever playoffs here on our Make a Zizzy podcast. So, we're going to see who's the who's makes the best decisions out here. Let's go through it. Round one, Mickey Hines. We're going to go through each series. Uh, we will start uh, with the games that were on, I want to say, Tuesday. Uh, so let's go Heat Pacers. Who you got? Who's going to win that series? Yes. Oh, Heat. All right. Are I've also got the Heat down? as well, ladies and gentlemen. Write it down. Uh, so, all right. Heat Pacers, we both have Heat. Uh, you want to put games on it, or are we just going to go who wins? Um, We'll just go who wins for this first round. All right. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Trailblazers, Lakers. You, you already know he's saying Blazers. Oh, yep. All right, I'm going Lakers. Still got to stay with the King until someone dethrones him in the first round. So, all right, Magic Bucks. I am gonna go with the Bucks. I don't think that Magic team can put four teams, uh, four good games together. Uh, I agree with you. I just I think that while the Bucks need to get their game together, I don't see the Magic sustaining the hometown Magic for a full series against them. Giannis is gonna, Giannis will have something to say about that. I think so. I'm gonna go Bucks as well. Uh, Thunder Rockets. I'm going Rockets, and I know I guess that's your upset team. For yeah, some and that reason. Is my upset. I'm gonna this take. This ain't fun. March Madness, kid. But <laughs> all right. Uh, let's go with the games that are going on right now. Uh, I don't even need to ask your 76ers and C's. We already know. Are you going Celtics? Yeah, we're both going Celtics. All right. 2-0. The 76ers are too beat up, man. All right. Let's go Jazz Nuggets. I am going to stick with my Nuggets team. I think they're the better team, and with especially with a seven-game series, they're going to play like the better team. I also have the Nuggets going, uh, going in the second round. Um, they receded higher. Uh, I think they have a more complete team still. Um, Mike Conley being out worries me for the Jazz for throughout the length of an entire series. So that's just where I'm going with that. Nets Raptors. Are we both Raptors? Yes, sir. All right. Both Raptors. And then finally, the primetime game from tonight. We're going Mavs Clippers. Who you got, Mr. I'm going to go with the Clippers. I know the Mavericks are going to play phenomenal, but I do not think that they're going to win in seven. I definitely think it'll go to a game seven, especially with how Luka has been playing. Kawhi ain't going to let that happen, especially with Paul George as his co-host. All right. So, we looks like we agree on most of the series so far. Uh, others are two differences are Rockets Thunder and Blazers Lakers. So, we'll see how everything unfolds. Uh, for everybody listening, stay tuned for yourself to see how everything unfolds. We really enjoy you guys uh, listening along with us. Uh, enjoy all the feedback as well. Like we said last episode with our man, Mark Mason, the super fan edition. Uh, did get the most views so far. So we're excited to keep this going for you guys. Give us any tips, pointers. We're trying to talk amongst ourselves as well. Uh, make this as good as we can for you. So, Mickey Hines, any last closing thoughts? One more. Blazers and six. Oh, my goodness. Ladies and gentlemen, he's wild. And if you're talking <laughs> sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. Mickey Zizzy podcast. Peace.